He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello everyone my name's charlie you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer c.e dorset and i'm here to introduce what i'm hoping will be a good season two for wisdom's cry this is a podcast that i must admit i have a very difficult time doing Not because I'm not interested, not because I don't want to talk about it, but because lately, so often when I find something that I think would be fun to talk about in religion and spirituality, it's because some right-wing evangelical has said something that has triggered my uh, justice side, and I don't want to do that show. I really don't want to do that show. So, I have some things planned out, and we're going to go for a ride. So, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about panentheism, one of the core ideas within creation spirituality, the idea that God is in everything, and everything is in God. But before we do that, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in the app that you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that get to see it, the better chance we have of developing a community around these ideas and being able to share our experiences with each other really does improve spirituality. And thank you to everybody who does that. So panentheism, this is a topic that is difficult to talk about on several levels, because first and foremost, people think you're saying pantheism, that God is everything and everything is God. And that is not the case. That is not what we're talking about here. The brilliant distinction between panentheism and pantheism for me, is it is a safety check against the pride and ego of some spiritual teachers who'd like to put themselves up on on a pedestal and pretend that they are either the voice of God or that they are God. And panentheism is a radical debunking of that idea. God, the spirit of God, as Paul tells us, is the one in whom we live, move, and have our being. God is in all things. We move through God in all things. And we have our being in God. 
God is all being and non-being. God is wisdom. God is justice. God is love. God is beauty. These are all places where we meet and encounter God, and we will be talking about that more on future episodes. But at the heart of it, the main difference between saying God is in everything and saying God is everything is that if we say that God is in everything and everything is in God, no one has the right. No person, no place, no thing has the right to say that God is only in me, that I am the sole arbiter of what God wants. I am the voice of God. Or even, heaven forfend, um, that when, if I, I have a hard time even saying this to uh, make a point, you know, for those who say that they are God. Because not any of us, not one of us, no individual group, no person, place, or thing can claim exclusivity over the divine if the divine is in all things. The divine light shines upon the world. Everyone has seen that light at some point in their life. They may not remember it. They may write it off. But when you seek the heart of any person of faith, no matter the creed that they follow, people of sincere faith, faith that comes from within them, faith that does not have to be validated by external authority or through imposing their will or beliefs on others as if God is something or someone so weak that they can be offended by the actions of us mere mortals. Someone of true, sincere faith, when you talk to them, no matter the creed, it always comes back to the same divine light. It always comes back to the same power, the same hope, the same love, the same beauty, the same justice. And when we act out of the great humility that we are called to have, Jesus tells us that we should be meek, that we should be the salt of the earth, that we should be peacemakers, not dividing, but bringing people together. When you are a peacemaker, when you are looking at the variant ideas about the divine, that travel around the world. The threads are all there. The problem comes in when ego steps in, when someone feels that they have a right to claim exclusivity over the power of God, over the spirit of God, over the very light of God. Don't forget what the Gospel of John says, the light shone into the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. The darkness has never overcome the light. 
the light shines on. So, don't let anyone fool you. Hold to this basic truth. Now, it can be hard for us sometimes to see God in all things, or to see all things in God. Sometimes, when we're, let's be honest, when we're looking at our own lives and we see our own struggles, our difficulty paying the bills, the various illnesses that afflict us and our family, the suffering that surrounds us, those who speak out of ego, that they know the absolute will of God, will say things like, you have offended this petty deity, and that is why you suffer. You have offended this image, this icon, this idol that I worship, and that is why the storms came, the rain fell, and the wind devoured and destroyed. That is why the fires rage, and war destroys everything. But these people miss the very heart of the topic. They miss the very point of this whole thing. God is there suffering with us. One of the great powers of Christianity that I think gets lost on these type of people, these people that have been raised with this very strong idol of God, is that when we talk of the suffering Jesus, when we talk of the crucified Jesus, who was crucified once and for all, that crucifixion, that suffering, is united across time and space with all the suffering that we endure. It is united over time and space with all of the pains of our life. Every tear that we cry falls down Jesus's face on the cross. Every pain in our body racked his body. This is why the image of the crucified Jesus is so powerful and why it means so much to so many of us. Because we know, like Paul, that in our suffering we make up that which is lacking in the sacrifice of Christ. The crucifixion afflicts the body today just as it did back then. So do not despair. Despair is the giving up of hope. When we look for God, and that's actually what we're going to be talking about this week, is looking for God in various experiences. But when we look for God, we must remember the qualities, the divine qualities, divine energies that Peter says that we participate with in this life. We look for beauty. We look for love. We look for compassion. We look for justice. We look for those things, for wisdom, for understanding, for knowledge. In these things, we find God, whether we recognize it or not. These are the places in our life where we meet the divine, where we participate in the divine energies, and they flow through us. 
to manifest in this world if we let them. When we tame our baser instincts and have compassion rather than anger, that strength comes from God. That strength comes from the divine and is one of the participatable energies of God flowing through us out into the world to bring restoration, healing, redemption, and salvation to those in need. This is the heart of our practice. This is the heart of all that we do. Unfortunately, so many, especially today, because I keep hearing verses like this quoted, where Jesus said, Do not think that I have come, pe- come to bring peace. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And think that Jesus was rallying for violence. No, Jesus understood what his words meant. You'll never see someone matter than when you advocate compassion or justice or accountability or beauty. These things enrage those who have closed their hearts and minds to them. And that's where the violence comes from. The very peace at the heart of Christ, the very compassion at the heart of Christ, that redemptive love that brings together that reminds us that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. It reminds us that we will suffer in this world because there are those who do not want peace. There are those in this world that do not want compassion to win because it's much easier to control people who are driven by fear and hatred. And as long as they can sow division and bring about fear and bring about hatred in the hearts of their followers, they have power. And that power is all that they care about. Compassion, understanding, justice, wisdom, beauty, glory. These are antithetical to power. Jesus said, the one who will be first will be last. And the one who is last shall be first. It is a doctrine of compassion and humility. And that's why in this world it is hard to get others to hear it. Because it is easier to gain power than friends. It is easier to sow division than to build unity. That's why we even use the different metaphor there. You sow division because all you have to do is throw out the seeds. These people are bad for this reason. Aren't they terrible? Bad things, bad things, bad things. And I just say it enough. And there it is. Division grows. Because we are programmed in our biology to fear what we do not know, what we do not understand. And that fear is dangerous to ourselves and to others. The path that we are called to walk, when we learn to see the divine in everyone, 
in everything. It takes people's power. You don't pollute rivers if God is in the river and the river is in God. You do not pollute the air if God is in the air and the air is in God. These would be sacrilegious. These would be some of the greatest sacrileges that any human could ever perform because you are polluting something that contains God. Because the temple of God is not a building. It's not just our bodies and it's not just the natural world. It's our houses. It's our cars. It's our streets, our forests, our bodies of water. It is everything and anything. And once you start to see God in this way, once you start to understand God in this way, questions like where was God when don't creep up anymore because you start to see the presence of God in the helpful hands, in those who come to help when times are tough and when people are in need. It is a beautiful thing. It is something that brings light and life and invigorates us to continue working for that great day when all will live in the light of God and justice and compassion will grow and flow throughout the world uninterrupted. That may sound like a dream, but to me it's a dream worth having. Because one day, I like to believe, no matter people's faith, or whether they have one, that ideals of justice and compassion and interconnectedness will reign in the hearts of people and govern their minds in how they decide to talk to one another, live with one another, and treat one another. This is the day that we work towards. This is the great work that God has given us in this life. To find hope and to share it. Because it is so easy to fall into darkness and to fall into despair and to believe the lie that we are alone and that we are not connected. We are. We are one people of one blood who all came out of Africa and spread throughout the world. That is who we are. And everything that stands between us and that truth is an illusion and a danger and something that we can deconstruct. Be at peace. It's not easy. I know that. I really do. And don't think that I'm saying that any of this is easy to do, because I would never say that. I know the struggle to pay bills. I know the struggle when friends, family members are sick. I know what it is like to feel pain in our bodies. But in all these things, we search for God. Because God is there with us in our suffering. I know we want the miracle. 
and sometimes the miracles do come. But the greatest miracle is when we connect and come together in community and share love and compassion with each other in defiance of our very nature, which says that we should make what is ours, ours. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We're going to be discussing panentheism this week through the four paths of creation spirituality. If you're not familiar with that, you can go back into the archive. I did an entire series on the paths of creation spirituality, the way of bliss, the way of silence, the way of creativity, and the way of transformation. So you may want to check those episodes out to help you get ready for what we're going to be talking about this week. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean a lot to me. If you haven't already, please rate this episode in the app that you're listening to me on. That does help out so much. If you have a dollar, you can throw my way down in the show notes. You'll see a link for the for community support. If you have the money and can help out, it really does make a huge difference. You know, I don't do this podcast for the money, but, you know, it, it isn't cheap and it isn't free. I have to pay for the equipment and, of course, the time that goes into it. And, you know, things are really tight for us right now. But it really matters that I do this, at least to me. If you don't have any money or you don't feel like giving, that that's all right. That is completely all right. Do not think that I'm, I'm not one of those people that requires you to give. But if you know anybody that you think would enjoy this podcast, please do share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. If you want to connect with me, I am Wisdom Cries Out on Twitter and Seraphic Church on Instagram. You can find links to everything over at wisdomscry.com. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you ever growing in wisdom. Amen.